AI. This is Both Are True, um, a podcast where I speak to different spiritual thinkers to find some of the kind of healthy ideas and practices in different paradigms that can support healing in this crazy world we're living in. In this first episode, I'm speaking to Vuiswa Klekatwane. Vuiswa is a writer and uh, Isangoma based in Johannesburg, South Africa. In this part of the conversation, uh, Vuiswa and I speak about uh, concepts that I find really incredibly interesting and confusing. Um, and that's, uh, first of all, time and how we think about it um, and how we could potentially engage with the past and with the future to support our healing practices. We get embarrassingly metaphysical in this part of the conversation uh, and I hope it resonates with you. This is also the part of the conversation where I asked Vuiswa about something that I am insecure about and very curious about and that's how do we as white people uh, and the descendants of colonizers how do we heal and like are we allowed to or is it okay for us to consult Isangomas I really didn't want to ask this question to Vuiswa but I felt safe enough to do it and her response was very encouraging here it is so this question might be very wishy-washy <laughs> in contrast but like when we speak about ancestors and and their presence today it makes me think about time yeah. and how we think about time. And in the West, people think about time as linear yeah. and we've got watches and we've got calendars and we worry about the future and we uh, regret the past. But we see those as separate things. Yeah. Um, and we see that, that you can't go back to the past, mm -hmm. but you can go forward into the future. It's the only direction you can go. Yeah. But you're stuck here. Mm. Whereas I think what's coming up in metaphysics today and again in science what's coming up in like quantum theory is that time is not linear yes. we just our the senses that we have unfortunately for us to survive in this bodies we have to perceive time in a way as yeah. linear because otherwise we fucking would get anything done yeah. you know like and again in the capitalist uh, uh, space that unfortunately we're yeah. in you have to think about time as linear because otherwise you're going to be late for yeah. all your meetings. And, and links to your earnings, literally. Yeah. So there's, a, there's an unfortunate structure that is blocking our view of what mm. time is. Mm. Not just our limitations in our senses and our mm. bodies, but also the structures that we've built around us and the way that yeah. we're surviving. But I believe that we can revisit things from the past and by revisiting them, we can change them. Yeah. And it's quite literal in the sense that if I go back to something fucked up that I did in the past to someone else, and I really, through meditation and, and through uh, you know, my own spiritual practices, 
put myself in that position mm. and have a dialogue with that person and apologize mm. and imagine what I could have done differently. Mm. Literally, my the trauma that I hold and the, the fucked up energy that I hold from mm. what I did back then will start to dissipate. Yeah. Like, I believe in that. And similarly, I think the future echoes to us. Um, and maybe that's what we experience sometimes in some dreams. Maybe mm -hmm. it's what deja vu sometimes feels like. Maybe it's a lot of things, you know, like half of the time we're not aware of what we're doing. Yeah. So I think, you know, and a lot of people do, it's not like this is my mm -hmm. novel theory, like, you know, this is, yeah. again, science also speaks about this. How is time conceived in the Sankoma space and, and, and the spirituality space that you're a part of? And, mm -hmm. and yeah, how does that relate to the whole um, engagement? You I have, have so much to say about that. <laughs> so first, when Uze Peshwin at the initiation school, time moves so slow, really? but so fast at the same time. Like it's one of, just, for me, it was one of the, the first times that I started to think about time. You know, it's like, feels like I've been here forever, but it's like, it's only been three hours, you know, or whatever the case is. And it's just a way that time moves. But then there's also the, like, the obvious thing of like, you're connecting to a person who is no longer alive and that is from a particular time, right? Mm -hmm. And how that person's experiences, emotions, and some of those things meet you in this time. But also in doing the work of facing, engaging, and resolving those past things, you lay the foundation for the future, mm. you know? And so I speak about this, again, talking about this thing of like, you must be busy and have 15,000 clients. I'm like, even if I only healed five people in my practice, I could never quantify what that meant because when we do the work that we do, we're healing what's in the past and we're healing what's to come for future mm. generations. Mm. So to resolve this thing in this time is across time, mm. you know? It's mm. like we're setting a better space and platform and environment for the people that come because now this thing is going to be resolved. Mm. And then we're also resolving it from where it comes from, mm. you know? Mm. So there's like that idea of constantly being in tandem with the past and the present and the future, mm. you know, like all at the same time. Yeah. But... Dreams are also interesting, right? Because, like, some of my dreams are prophetic, okay. right? So I can dream of something that's going to happen. Sure. And I perceive it before it's going to happen, but I'm there, mm. you know? Mm. So, sure. yeah, like... That's amazing. Even the dream was, like, you know, the, the guy yeah. and the yard, yeah, you know? Like, I was true. there, but I... I wasn't there, but then that place existed mm. and I, I was able to perceive it before I actually was there, Yeah, you know? Mm. And so prophetic dreams are like that, but there's also some times where like I'm in the past also, mm. you know? So like a, a village that I've never been. Mm. Um, in your dreams. Yeah, mm. you know, and things are happening and I'm engaging people and blah, 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 blah. But I actually did like a past life regression thing, which really? is very interesting. Okay. And not what I expected. <laughs> I, so what is it? What is it? So life? I mean you you they call it quantum leap, quantum whatever. Yeah. And it's this was through a meditation and you just go back. It, wherever you land is where you land, you okay. know, but it's supposed to be 
connecting you. So there's obviously this guy, he's talking and he's like ushering you through doors or whatever he calls them. And, and is so, it just, sorry, is it just meditation or is it some psychedelics as well? No, it's like, like completely, and I did it off YouTube, you know, but wow. I, someone told me about how they had gone to see like a past life regression coach and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know, and I wouldn't encourage anyone to just do it with no supervision. But I went back and I was a white woman. Whoa. <laughs> I was a nurse. You know, and I don't know. It was weird. It was like we were in a hospital, some of Florence Nightingale vibes. There were like wounded soldiers, cobblestones. Like it was weird. And I kept trying to look for myself as a black woman, right? And I like kept seeing myself as this nurse, like this white nurse. Mm. And then I also thought about myself being a healer and how those things are not too mm. separate, right? right? Yeah. And then I went yeah. to a consultation yesterday. <laughs> And then the, the Coco who was reading my book, she's like, you're going to work in the hospital. Yeah, I don't know, but there's something in the hospital. And I was just like, because she doesn't know about that shit. Maybe she's seeing the past. You know? Yeah. You know? So. Sure. Yeah, it's. it's That's so interesting. It's, yeah, I don't know. Like, there is always more to the now, yeah. you know? And the now is most likely informed by the past. And it sets the tone for the future, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, and sometimes you can just do what you got to do and get by. But I think a lot of us are here to resolve it, to prepare, mm. you know, to resolve the past and to prepare for the future, mm. you know, which, and this is also the thing that I love about the ancestral space. All of the work that we are doing is not dependent on us. If I were to die today, the work would continue, mm. you know? So I have a role to play and things to resolve as far as my bloodline is concerned and even for my own life, right? Because if I'm carrying these unresolved things from the past, then I'm not at my best, yeah. you know? Yeah. So as much as it's to undo and to rectify what has gone wrong for those who are still bound by those decisions, and that's also why some ancestors come forward because, mm. and, and it makes me wonder about like what they meet or see on the afterlife, you know, like when they get there, um, because some of them come back to resolve things that they didn't resolve before they died. Okay. You know, so like you literally need someone in the living world to help you okay. resolve this thing, you know. Um, but yeah, I think my dreams for me were like one of the, the things that just made me super interested. Because like I'm saying, particularly the prophetic dreams and a bit macabre, but like death, you mm. know. So I would dream of people's funerals, like I dream of people dying. People you know. Yeah. Sure. You know, and... Would you tell me if you dream I die? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Probably I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't. You know? Um, and it gave me, like, a lot of peace to be like, this thing is going to happen. It's already written. It's not dependent on me. I just have the privilege of being able to see, mm. you know, but it's also not coming to me to do anything, mm. you know, just to be a witness to this thing you know, and maybe pray for a peaceful transition for this person. But it's already written. It's already done, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a lot of relief around death, around, mm -hmm. you know, just things happen as they should, as hard as that is to accept. And mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that we can't influence and make for better experiences. But so much is, is already ordained. It's already, mm -hmm. you know, like in its place. You know, mm. um, is there? Um, do you have uh, metaphors? You know, like Christianity, there's hell and heaven, 
um, that are like symbols and metaphors to explain in that kind of paradigm what happens after death. Is there something similar? Uh, so, would you speak about the afterlife? So we understand that Amandozi have a place where they are. Mm. Or there's a place that you go as an ancestor, you know? And that there's also like a hierarchy in that space where there's like older ancestors who maybe become like the elders, elders, and then okay. there are these new ones, and then there are, you know, the youngest ones or whatever the case is, yeah. you know? Um, but I, my idea of heaven and hell, I think is not necessarily informed by African spirituality. I think this is hell. <laughs> I think this is hell. Okay. And the other side, like the heaven, the other side is the heaven, what happens when they, you uh, know? I think this is hell. That's a nice. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll believe in that. Yeah, I think because if you look at it, like the death, the all of that well, is suffering. already yeah, it's happening. Is a, yeah, you know, um, part of life. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a little bit more time? How are you feeling? Yeah. You're right. Um, I, I've got a. I don't know if it's a selfish question and if it's if it's unfair to even ask it of you, given. <laughs> the racial reality uh, mm. of our past. But if, so in Christianity, again, the warped way that people have started thinking about it is that people who aren't Christian and who don't do the things Christians should do will go to hell, yeah. regardless of your belief system whether you are an African uh, who have, have a spiritual system that you work with, whether you are a Muslim, etc. My mother is the Christian you're talking about. It doesn't matter. You will go yeah. to hell because you didn't do these things. Yeah. I don't think that's the case with, with African spirituality because it, I don't think, like you just said, there mm. is a heaven and a hell. I don't think there's a punishment um, in, in that paradigm. Mm. But... My ancestors are colonizers, and unfortunately, even though I don't have family ties to people who were had agency in apartheid, mm. you know, Afrikaans people during the apartheid regime, a lot of the work I'm doing in therapy and my spiritual practices is learning how to manage those ways of thinking. And I, I think about that as like, managing my relationship with my ancestors because mm. I've got this um, operating system that was built into me because through my upbringing you know like I think about my blueprint and I think about my operating system and my operating system was built into me through my ancestors mm. and through the culture and my ancestors did a lot of fucked up shit like a lot of really fucked up shit mm -hmm. how do you, maybe just you even, I don't have to go into the whole African spirituality thing. Think about non-African people and their relationship with their ancestors and how it might be influencing our lives. Mm. Um, could that be something that, that influences the high prevalence of depression among um, people like me and my communities and mm. high levels of suicide among men? Um, because we don't engage with our ancestors and we don't mm. do the type of non-linear healing that we mm. could be doing. Um, like, 
you don't think we're going to go to hell, but do you, again, maybe do you think we might be in a type of hell because of the disconnect between, uh, I'm putting words in your mouth. Yeah, what but I mean, think? I think so. <laughs> like, I think what you're talking about is the hell. Um, but it's so funny because I was talking to someone else in, about the relations, you know, between white South Africans, black South Africans, and the girl that I was talking to, she was like, yeah, everybody's traumatized. Like, even they are traumatized. And I, I like, I had to think about that because I'm like, what are you traumatized about? But actually, yeah, mm. it is like a lot, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what healing looks like for Afrikaans people in South Africa, to be honest. But I know that um, atonement is important. Mm. And even if it's like you as a descendant somehow atoning, for mm. what has happened. I think there's repair that can happen there, mm. you know, and atonement looks different for everybody. You know, sometimes it's just to acknowledge and to repent, you know, but usually it also comes with a, a gesture of something, you yeah. know. And sharing your privilege um, is probably a good way to start. You know, um, I imagine that, you know, mm. to be your way, but I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a... I don't think Afrikaans people are going to help though. <laughs> I think they already help. <laughs> I agree. Is there a, not all Africans, of course. Is there a, um, do white people consult Sangomas? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I don't know. I think also because I'm a Sangoma in the time that I'm, you know, so I do virtual consultations. I consult people all over the world, okay. uh, not just white people, uh, Jamaicans and Chinese people and Indian people and all sorts of people who are open to the guidance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the ancestors are shared across cultures, across generations. Yeah, because it's just communities, across... a matter of receiving a message, you mm-hmm. know. And some people, their ancestors don't connect, and I let them know I'm like, I can't read the bones or I'm not receiving anything. And I think uh, maybe I'm not the okay. healer for you. But race, ethnicity has never been an issue. Mm. you know, in terms of receiving message from someone's ancestors, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and I've seen things that I would have, like, also not even I would have, but that I can only apply in a South African context that I don't get it when I see, like, a white man with a calling. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that's about, but my bones are saying you have a spiritual calling, mm. you know. Um, the first Sangoma I saw was a white guy in Transkei. Yeah, I used to be, and I think even that one, I used to be very suspicious of him. Yeah, I know he was quite way. famous. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I was just like, eh. But also, as I deepen in my practice and I realize just how, like, more connected things are, you mm. know, um, especially in this country, you know, I think we're so sure that I'm only black yeah. and I'm only white. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, don't get baby. Yourself. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. So I think with that, and like I'm saying, as I grow in my practice as well, I, I realize that things aren't black and white and yeah. things aren't that clear, you know, mm-hmm. and I've had more capacity in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit to to see white sangomas and to, to believe in the truth of their callings, you know, and not think it's like posturing or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, always with a bit of suspicion. Mm. You know, but I've, I've I've been lucky to engage practitioners and clients from all kind of like racial groups, nice. and we've done really good work. Um, and yeah, things are connected. You know, I think the truth is the truth. Mm. You know, like it's you might not know it. You can try hide it, you, whatever. But like, it's the truth. Like, there's no more truth or half truth. You know, and mm. that's what we work with. 
you know, so when the truth comes forward and says this is the fact of the matter or, or this is whatever, then we accept that, even if we don't always understand it. Yeah, again, you know? just letting yourself submit yeah. to the flow. And... You know, so, but I, yeah, I don't know what healing looks like for regards to people. I think it's it's a lot. I think you're right. I think, I mean, I, I, I think it has to do with what I was saying earlier about the non-linearity of time and acknowledging, admitting the crimes that our ancestors have committed and maybe doing some of that work of going back and engaging with those, that violence, yeah. which will be very difficult. Um, but then I think personally, I also think it is about today, it is about sharing privilege. Mm. Uh, it's about acknowledging the unfairness of the current situation and trying to do something about that. Um, so I think there's practical ways of healing and spiritual ways of healing, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't think a lot. And if of you think of like that. maybe bigotry and bias and prejudice as like a low vibrating kind of immature, unevolved place to be, right? Mm. When you do the work of atoning and reconciling things of your past, not only is that a healing practice, but it's an evolutionary practice. Mm. You know, that's setting the tone now for future generations and literally like influencing your DNA into a better space of evolution, you know? That's interesting. Okay. You know, so, yeah, yeah you guys better get onto that work, <laughs> you know? Because, like, yeah. yeah, I think if, if, if there is something that can move and that can change it, that can be settled in this generation, then it makes for a better, smarter, more open, more empathetic, um, yeah. more relieved generation as well. You know, the, the intensity of what is being carried forward is not the same because you would have resolved it at like this particular place in the bloodline. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying to Ntavi that if, uh, if, if I had to have had a child in my 20s, especially my early 20s, I would have transmitted so much trauma that... I have fortunately now engaged with, which yeah. is one of the reasons I'm starting to yeah. feel like I'm ready to have a child spiritually and emotionally. 100%. Because I, 100%. I think I will still inevitably transfer some trauma, but I will be able to understand what that looks like and to help the kid manage it. And this is like, maybe the, again, when people are busy talking about cars and what, 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 the, and like the beauty of healing work is, what we're able to do in terms of our DNA and the trauma that is present therein, mm. you know? Like, again, on like a physical, metaphysical, spiritual level, mm. the transmutation that is able to happen through healing work. And that's why I'm saying like, it's fixing for those in the past and it's fixing for those in the future. Yes. So if that's the work that you're going to do when you engage a healer or your ancestors or whatever the case is, that's actually like, that's the Lamborghini. That's the healthy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, Such a nice way to think about Because you can't quantify what it means to do the work that's going to benefit people you, you haven't even seen. Mm. People you can't even imagine. Mm. You know? Because of your consciousness and, and your intention in your presence here. Mm. And how it sits, yeah, for mm. people that are coming. And I'm just like, that's the that's I'm like if I healed five people, that means five generations, five families, five bloodlines that I've worked in. 
mm. I, can't, I can't I can't I can't quantify mm. you know because maybe somebody can now be something that if their grandfather who came to me didn't fix they would have never been yeah. whatever uh, a pilot a mechanic whatever mm. but maybe if their grandfather was still fucked up and whatever 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 that would have never been a possibility so I can't even like imagine and put a value to the work that we do mm. and so yeah I mean, you're you're setting them up for a better place than where you've been. I have a fucking wild theory that I <laughs> don't really want to say, but it's got something to do with what you're saying. But if if time isn't linear, yeah. If the future echoes back, yeah. If we are as a human species evolving, it is as yet kind of undetermined mm. where we will end up. Yeah. And healing is so important because it suggests that it's putting us on a good trajectory. Yeah. And so the theory that I have is that what if what God is, is the version of ourselves that we become very far in the future that would have progressed past these sensory limitations that could be uh, working backwards towards us, yeah. that could have a type of power and that what we're currently doing is determining what that God will Maybe. look like. Yeah. Which yep. is why, That's a bit trippy. Which is why <laughs> trauma is, uh, is, is so important to heal yes. and why healing is so important in any fucking generation, but we are living in this generation, so now... Um, mm, okay, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it, but I'm <laughs> going with it. Keep I'm it, like, keep I'm it in like the back. yes. And for me, if anything, like, when you say that, that's why I was like, my ancestors taught me to go back to commuting, engaging, recognizing the source in myself. You know, to be like, yes, my ancestors are here, but there's actually this divine power that exists in everything, mm. in the stars, in the planet, in the solar system, in the trees, in the frogs, the intelligence and the beauty of all things, right? Mm. Is this this divine energy, this the source, whatever you want to call it, yeah, God. I believe that as well. And it's present in me too, mm. you know. And I, I love this thing of how healing then sets you up to um, imagine or to, like, uh, influence who this God could be if you were yes, God, you yeah. know. Oh, um, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Just you know? not with my crazy... <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Yeah, because we are God. And we're determining what God looks like. Yeah, you know. Um, so you're doing the work for yourself, but like for also the God for in yourself. For everyone else who's also yeah. God. And I, I don't know. I must think about what I'm going to say. But I think some of them, it's like if you don't learn the lesson or you, you don't get to that place of actualization or whatever, then in many ways you have to, maybe this goes to reincarnation, but you have to come back and learn mm. that lesson. Yeah. You know, which is also why mantras have to come back and mm. resolve things. So it's like, you're going to get as many chances as you, as you need. need. Yeah. yeah. I hope you enjoyed that part of the conversation. Uh, please listen to the next one. It's really interesting. We speak about um, the use of psychedelics uh, in spiritual practices. And I ask why it is that yogis became so incredibly popular. But it doesn't seem like the West, and I guess America in particular, are as interested in southern african or even african 
and spiritual ideas and practices. <laughs>